And now, Monumental Sports and Entertainment along with Pressbox presents Stan the Fans Bat Around. For the next two hours, listen in as Stan and Craig Heist bat around all manner of topics pertaining to the great game of baseball with their great group of guest contributors. Feel free to tweet your questions to Stan at Stan the Fan. Now sit back and enjoy the bat around. Guys, take it away. And a very pleasant good morning to each and every one of you on this uh, December 21st, 2019. Next to the last program of the year uh, on Pressbox's Facebook page. Uh, yes. Facebook Live at Pressbox. Press, let me start over again. Facebook Live <laughs> at Facebook.com slash Sports. I'm Stan the Fan. The other gentleman in the picture with me to the, my left is Mr. Craig Heist and also his swan song, yes. producer extraordinaire in his own mind, Ryan McGettigan. <laughs> we will miss him. Yes. We will miss him. I, I will miss you guys too. I'll miss you guys dearly, but let's let's start the show, shall we? Let's do oh, that. He's taking, he's look at look at that. He's like <laughs> taking his cue from you there. Yeah. Let's do it. Is is my are my headsets? There we go. Yeah. Okay, I got a little yeah. more You're volume. On. All right. Anyway, Ryan, we will miss <laughs> you. We'll put you in our rearview mirror very quickly after noon. Absolutely, today. like we do everyone else. Yes, I exactly. Ex- I expect a full full four course meal at Costas. We we will do to you what people have done to us for years. Right. Forget us. <laughs> Forget. Forget us very quickly. Uh, Craig Heist, have you finished all of your holiday shopping? No. Well, let me save you the time. You don't have to get me anything. Okay, good enough. All right, because I won't get you anything. All right, that well, All that right. makes us even then. All right, I love you. Yes, absolutely. Happy holidays. Happy are Hanukkah you to you. The, are you enjoying the holidays so far? <laughs> so far. Do you find that the older you get, the less it feels like the holidays? Yeah, it really does. Yeah, they, they just blow by as yeah. almost part of the furniture. Well, and part of it's because because of the four legged feline that I have in my apartment. Uh, you cannot have a Christmas tree anymore, so right. you know uh, that that kind of blows the uh, entire feeling. Why? Why is that? Why does a feline keep you? Because she would because, jump yeah, in absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. She would tear it apart. Uh, he. He. Yeah. Okay. All right. What is your cat's name, by the way? Keely. Keely. Yes. All right. Interesting. What was a famous story when uh, Suzanne Heist went to Europe? Was it? And the cat, oh yeah, what happened? The cat. Uh, well, no. Uh, we when she went to uh, a northern European cruise, right, with her sister and her brother-in-law, and you took a pass on that. Well, it was in the middle of baseball season, so there's no way I'm doing that. So you weren't even invited. right. Uh, and and she, so she's over there, and probably four or five days into it, and I've not heard anything from her, which right. I didn't expect to. Right, but. Uh, we had had uh, the weather got kind of nasty around here and down in Howard County uh, in Columbia and also uh, just another town just to the west Savage. of Columbia. No, no, no. Just it was a little bit further west. Uh, they had two tornadoes in like two days touched down. Right. And all of a sudden I get this email that says, oh, my God, tornadoes, is everyone all right? Right. And I said, yeah, but you've never seen a cat spin in the air. any." <laughs> So that was that was not met with humor. 
Anyway. All right. Well, here's <laughs> what we've got on the show today, all right? Go ahead. Orioles have uh, – this is probably about six weeks ago. They've sort of shaken things up. It might even be eight or nine weeks ago. They sort of did some restructuring of their front office. Uh, one of those members is longtime executive with the ball club, Greg Bader. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have Greg Bader on, who is now – the senior VP of administration and experience. Uh, he moves from more like a communications and PR being in charge of those things to this job. We'll find out what that's all about. And we'll also talk about, Craig, something new in Birdland, and that is the Orioles' time, their timing of getting Christmas packages out is uh, right on schedule. Okay. And we should have had him on a week or two ago. But uh, we we kind of we, we whiffed on it. But we still are in front of the holidays. Right. So you can buy somebody a Christmas gift. And there's packages that start as low as like $45 uh, that include uh, opening day and the Nationals, the Beltway Series. So we will uh, try and... Uh, Find out what's new, and even if you and even if you don't make it by Christmas, there's always right after Christmas and into the new year. That's a good point. Yeah, Yeah. or maybe a birthday is coming up for your uncle or your dad, something like that. Or if you're one of those people in your family that have uh, friends or actually relatives that are having birthdays right around Christmas, you know, Mm. and that's always. You know, the, I always felt you get a twofer there. Yeah, kind of a twofer. I was, I was always jealous of the kids. Gifts. I was always the jealous of the kids that got. You know, they were they had, were celebrating birthdays on like the twentieth or the twenty first, and then right. they get parties, and then a, and then, and then a, they, a then pack of presents, and then all of a sudden Christmas is here, and they get them again. Well, I'm the opposite. My birthday is January sixth. Well, so I'm I'm the twenty seventh. You get people so. that celebrate Christmas, uh-huh. then they celebrate New Year's, and by the time it comes your birthday, like we eh, were talking, like we were talking about, they forget all about you. <laughs> all right. Also. After Greg Bader, Steve Johnson, former Orioles pitcher and the son of another former Orioles pitcher, Dave Johnson. Steve Johnson is going to join us and talk a little bit about uh, his work with Optimal Baseball Performance and his own pitching uh, lessons business that he's got underway. At 11.05, you pieced together. I'll let you explain what you pieced together. Well, I mean, Steven Strasburg re-signed with the Nationals. We all know that. Uh, seven years and uh, uh, $245 million. Comes down to $35 million a year. That's a nice uh, That's chunk a nice of change. chunk of change, yep. And then, ironically, Anthony Rendon goes out and signs that exact same contract figure uh, with the Angels. But uh, Strasburg had his uh, press conference back on Tuesday so we took some of the questions from the media and, and Stephen's answers and kind of put it together, and we'll let you hear kind of the best of the best for about seven minutes or so. All right, that sounds good. And then at about 11.20, Bill Latson from MLB.com will join us. And Columnist. that's the worst of the worst right there. That is. <laughs> he's a good man. He's a good man, that Bill Latson. And then at 11.40, uh, I touted this on my Facebook page today, that if you're having <clears throat> a a bad day. If you're having a good day, it's still great to listen to Mo Gabba, yeah. our press box sports person of the year. If you're having a bad day, um, you may want to have some brush with uh. Mo Gabba because he will lift your spirits despite the fact he's the one that is fighting so hard for his, um, his life, life and quality yes. of life. Okay, Mo Gabba, 
in case you've been under a rock or you've been uh, in a northern European cruise for the last four years, Mo Gabba is a pretty remarkable young, now 13-year-old, uh, who kind of, I won't say he burst on the scene uh, four years ago, but about three and a half, four years ago, he became a bit of a regular caller to Scott and Jeremy. Mm-hmm. And everybody fell in love with Mo. And then, only then, did we find out that Mo has been blind since about nine months of age. Mm-hmm. And he's been fighting cancer all, the, all of his life, mm-hmm. uh, including today and tomorrow and for the foreseeable future. He's always battling. Uh, and he's on a special trial now with some type of new chemo that is shrinking his tumors. And we are sending along our thoughts and prayers uh, for Mo to, to go strong and continue strong. Um, but Mo Gabba will join us and talk about his honor of being on the cover of... Do you mind holding one up? No, not at all. Um, Mo Gabba's on our cover. This year we did something a little bit different in our best of issue. There's no question that uh, Lamar Jackson is the athlete of the year. But Glenn Clark and I both came to the same conclusion separately that there was a, a category that uh, Mo Gabba fit into of what, yep. he's, what he's meant to our city and a city that needs some positive things to remind us of all of our humanity uh, that Mo Gabba would be perfect to be the sports person of the year. Uh, and everybody's been excited. The Orioles have participated greatly with this. The Ravens, uh, Eric DaCosta, John Harbaugh, Trey Mancini, Ben Powers. Uh, earlier, you know, Adam Jones contributed. Right. Uh, Zach Britton. Uh, a lot of comments from players and people involved with the teams around here about what Mo has meant. And it's really interesting. You know, Trey Mancini was struggling for the early part, first half of the 2018 season yeah. after a really solid rookie year. And he obviously there was the all-star break, and he decided, I'm going to stay here in Baltimore, and I'm going to get together with Mo and his mom, take them out for a day. And since that point on, uh, Trey not only lifted his 2018 season from from well below to, you know, about average, uh, but then he continued on that, that torrid streak all throughout the 2019 season. Um, Trey credits Mo Gabba for helping, uh, you know, in the fight that he always has, putting some things into perspective yes. for Trey Mancini. So anyway, that's the show today. We ask you, as we do early on in each and every one of our shows, to please like the show and share the show on your Facebook feed. All right. We remind you also early on that we are broadcasting from the Live Casino Hotel Studio. The Live Casino Hotel Studio. And I also want to thank uh, our friends at Mobile One because this portion of the batter round is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. And we'll remind you also at the outset, tomorrow is a Ravens day, a game day. That means the project game day will be on tomorrow. Um, at halftime, Glenn Clark will be on. And that figures to be about 2.15, 2.20. Uh, will be halftime of the Ravens-Browns game from Cleveland. Uh, and Glenn is uh, with you at halftime 
And then after the game, when the, once the game wraps up, uh, he'll be on with the, the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, press boxes Ken Zalas, and Eric Arditi, one of the three of them. And I think it's Sarita. I think she's sort of coming as the playoffs get close. I think coming she's back. back in. Yeah. This is like a bandwagoner? Is it's that sort what of a mean? bandwagoner. Okay. That's Sarita, the NFL chick. I'll tell her you said that. Um, anyway, Press Box Project Game Day is made possible by great partners like our friends at the Costas Inn, Wise Markets, Glen Burnie Transmissions, Glory Days oh, Grill, that? and the U.S. Army. That's, yeah, that's me. Yeah. And I was uh, not supposed to do that. Okay. Sorry I do it all that. the time. Yeah. I don't understand why... Look at this. This thing came on again. That yeah, it'll remind you every now and then. Just ignore remind it. You, you, I postponed century. it. <coughs> I yeah. posted, something came up and said you need to download <coughs> something. Anyway, um, the U.S. Army, like Pressbox on Facebook at facebook.com slash pressboxsports, and watch Project Game Day there every day this season. Craig, uh, I know you don't, uh, you're not with the Nationals every single day. But what's your take on the news that it appears that the Nationals and the Minnesota Twins, and I'd say that they're a bit of a surprise in this Josh Donaldson. I'm trying to figure out why I'm not with them every day. Well, when I say with them, you're not covering them on a day-to-day basis like you would in the season. You're not with Mike Rizzo around the team, okay? I mean, you're aware of what's going on, but anyway... What's your read on uh, Josh Donaldson right now? Well, the, the Nationals are going to try to make their best pitch to get him. Uh, there's two teams, the Nationals and the Twins, that have offered him a four-year deal. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, they need to find a third baseman. There's a couple of different avenues, which we've discussed on this show. But I think if the Nationals, you know, if you're Josh Donaldson, you know what playing in the NL East is is about. Right. Having done that with the Braves for a couple of years and – uh, I think he knows what the makeup of this ball club is and, and, and so, the so, people that are involved with it and the yeah. pitching that they have. But let me just ask you a question. So if the two teams have offered him four years, the Twins and the, uh, and the uh, Nationals, doesn't it seem like there would have been a deal with one of those two teams yet unless he is going back to the Braves and the Braves are maybe saying, hey, We'll give you three and an option, and we'll pay you thirty-three a year or thirty-two a year for the three, uh, and an option that would take you into the one fifteen range for four. If we end up, uh, you know, going go, that way, going that way, uh, it seems like, uh, and I've seen these deals before, and I've been in deals myself where you, and I'm not comparing it to the dollar value, but I'm just saying that a deal is there and you wonder why it's not done yet with one of those two teams unless he's sort of inclined to want to be with the Atlanta Braves. Well, and that's certainly a good point. Uh, but then again, if, if it's a guaranteed four years, keep it, remember Darren O'Day, okay? Yeah, I remember Remember, remember that he got the fourth year and that's and why that he came back. That him. separated yep. him. Otherwise, he probably would have been a national. Right, right. You that's know? true. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I think it's just going to have to play itself out. And uh, if if he's having reservations about either going to the Nats or to the Twins, then, you know, that I mean, that's his decision. But, if you know, if, he's, if it's not done by now, 
to suggest that maybe it's, you know, because the, the Braves, he wants to remain in Atlanta. That certainly may be true. But I, I, think, I think if he looks at it, he could probably say, well, you know, the Nationals, especially in the East where he's played, mm-hmm. would be somewhat of a better fit for him. Yeah. It just seems to me, I, I have a feeling that, look, I think it's going to boil down to the Braves or the Nationals. I don't see, I don't see why he'd want to go to Minnesota. I could be totally off base there, but uh, the Nationals are a team that he he's assured of winning with, uh, and he's also assured of winning with the um, with the, uh, the Braves. Atlanta Braves. But you know, it just seems to me twenty five a year. If they paid him twenty three last year, coming off that injury filled season, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't go to say three at ninety, and maybe have a five million dollar buyout of the fourth year, you know, if they don't pick up the option and they're $15 million higher if the four years get actualized, but only $5 million less if he doesn't play the fourth year, I, I just think I'd be worried if I were the Nationals. We'll see. Well, I mean, you could be worried, but then then you go to whatever Plan B is. And what you, do you, you know? think Plan B is right now? Well, there, I I certainly would think that uh, Mike Rizzo would s- continue to check what's out there free agency wise. Uh, there's a certain second baseman out there that played there last year that's still uh, available. Brian Dozier, yeah, and, as and, Drupal and, Cabrera also, as, as Drupal Cabrera as well. Uh, I think they cut themselves pretty thin if they go that route. Uh, but, again, you know, keep in mind, when Cabrera got there and started to be the everyday second baseman right. and, and Brian over Dozier, over Dozier yeah. and Dozier didn't see very much playing time down the stretch and into the postseason, here's a guy that hit 20 home runs last year who kind of lost his job. Yep. yep. <laughs> so uh, it could go a number of different ways, but I, I, I still haven't uh, – <sighs> Ruled out the Josh Donaldson thing. I'm going to give you a great fit for the Washington Nationals. Okay, free agent out there. You want me to call Rizzo on the phone, or what? if you if you have Speed access dial? to him, I yeah. have access to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not suggesting he's the equal of Anthony Rendon or the equal of uh, Josh Donaldson, <laughs> but I'll tell you who would be a great fit for this team would be Brock Holt. That's Brock probably, Holt. He's probably calling probably right, right now. Just uh, the fact that we feeling, mentioned him. Right. I have a feeling that's Mr. Greg Bader. Okay. All right. All right. But anyway, uh, we ask you to like and share the program on Facebook Live if you are watching us right now on Facebook Live. And joining us right now is none other than the new Senior Vice President of Administration and Experience, I've known him for years in other capacities, and that's Greg Bader. Greg, how are you? Hey, Stan. I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm here with Craig Heist, and uh, welcome to the show, and we hope uh, you're in the midst of a great holiday season for you personally and professionally. Thank you. Absolutely. I, I, it's hard to believe we're, we're just a few days before Christmas. I don't know how this happened so quickly. Uh, it seemed like the winter meetings just happened, but uh, but here we are just days away, and uh, Looking forward to uh, getting 2020 started. And and six weeks to spring training, right? <laughs> yeah, thanks for the reminder about that. Yeah, we're, we're ready, right? <laughs> hey, uh, before we talk to you about some of the nuts and bolts things I wanted to talk to you about, the Orioles did make some moves in the offseason, uh, and, and a lot of people, fans, 
aren't up on them like they are trading Dylan Bundy and acquiring four young pitchers or trading or the possibility of trading Michael Givens or getting Freddie Gonzalez as a bench coach. But uh, they, they did some changes in the executive lineup of the club, and I was hoping you'd take a second and tell us about the three people that are joining the team or are, have been advanced uh, and promoted in the organization along with you. Sure, happy to do that. So uh, the, the way that the club is structured now is there's a senior leadership team of, of actually five individuals. Mike Elias, of course, as the executive vice president, and general manager overseeing baseball operations. Uh, Lisa Tolson, who's been a member of the Orioles family for about 35, 40 years, uh, she's the senior vice president of human resources. And she had had that role since uh, prior to the season. And then three of us, um, T.J. Brightman, who joins the Orioles, uh, having served uh, as a consultant prior to the club. Um, he joins the Orioles as senior vice president and uh, chief revenue officer in charge of overseeing all of the sales and, and revenue opportunities for the club. Uh, Jennifer Grondahl, who had been in our Sarasota office, um, she's been elevated to Senior Vice President of Community Development and Communications, uh, taking on some of the duties that I previously had in communications, uh, overseeing basically all of our public relations messaging and community efforts. Uh, and I was uh, named to be the Senior Vice President of Administration and Experience, which basically oversees all of the administrative and service-oriented elements of the club, um, things such as ballpark operations and grounds, uh, food and beverage, uh, fan services, IT, um, uh, mar general marketing and digital. Uh, so those types of uh, more service and administrative elements, things that basically things that are not sales and revenue-driven, and things that are not messaging. How do you feel about, and, and obviously I'm asking you about your job, and you're not going to come on the radio and say, ah, I'm not so psyched. What do you think about the breakdown of these different responsibilities for this team? I do I do love it. Um, I think it's a, a great mix. First of all, the, the five of us are, are very much aligned. We meet regularly. Um, we're excited by the fact that Mike wants to be so um uh, knowledgeable about the business side of things, uh, understanding how uh, how the business side works and how that impacts him and, and his efforts. Uh, you know, me personally, I'm working very closely with him on on various projects that that we have that are that are related to baseball, but maybe are administrative in nature, such as you know, new Dominican complex that we're working to uh, working hard to, to to get towards. So, um, so we we are very much aligned. I think it's a, a, a great mix of folks. Um, some of us have been there, like Lisa and I, for quite some time, and others have uh, just more recently joined the organization. So we have a good mix of, of new and fresh ideas and fresh approaches and some you know, traditional, uh, more industry, uh, uh, inside uh, knowledge that can be combined with uh, a lot of these new ideas just to create, uh, again, a new sense of energy. Um, and, but what's most exciting about this, and you know, Stan and Craig, a lot of the people in the organization, uh, the organization is filled from, from top to bottom with some really talented, excellent people. And we want to create an environment where it's very much a bottom-up driven uh, uh, organization. We don't want to provide directives from the top of this is what we want you to do. We want to create a culture where people can share their ideas and, and really craft some interesting uh, concepts to roll out, we can provide some oversight, some direction, maybe some guardrails, but otherwise we want them to kind of so 
so-called build that boss and, and, and drive it forward and take us to the to, to, to our goals. So um, it's it's a very inclusive environment uh, that we're creating, and and uh, I think uh, we're off to a good start. Hopefully, Greg, was something like this needed because of the challenge of the team going through a rebuild? In other words, you know, you know, you talked about fresh ideas and, and things of that nature from people who have been there a while and some of the new people that are coming in. But how challenging is it, you know, when you're going through something like this as a club? Yeah, it's a great question. And I, I think uh, every organization um, at, at a certain point um, uh, recognizes that, uh, that there are opportunities maybe that are out there that are not being achieved. And one way to ensure that is to uh, is to make some changes um, with the structure and with the way in which um, the uh, uh, staff interacts with each other. And I think this was a, a really timely change. You know, we're at an opportunity. We have an opportunity now where uh, Mike Elias is now a year into the rebuild uh, on the baseball side, and we're, we're very transparent and, 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 and uh, acknowledge the fact that this is going to be a process. Uh, and we figured now is a great time to do that on the business end as well. Uh, concepts and ideas that maybe have have lasted for a while, and we've continued to do them year after year, just because uh, are really getting a hard look, and and we're really determining: is this creating value for the fan? Is this creating an experience for the consumer that that they that that is representative of of our brand and what we want to communicate? So, from our standpoint, um, it's it's kind of a rebuild on the business end as well, and I think uh, it has our staff as excited as the baseball operations side. Um, to, to kind of take this to a new place that we've never been. We're talking with Greg Bader. He has uh, recently been elevated to Senior Vice President of Administration and Experience. Greg, you touched on, and I do want to get into some of these things that are uh, timely in terms of sales, uh, ticket sales, and so forth, but I did want to go back to Mike Elias for a second. It's interesting. You, you mentioned it's exciting that he wants to – to sort of buy into being a part of this management team. And it's interesting. He asks everybody to buy into his plan of a rebuild. And I think it, is, it shows what type of person he is and the character that he wants to buy into and be a part of the decisions that are going to shape this club both on and off the field. It certainly does. And he has a very holistic approach to what he's doing. You know, he recognizes that uh, for him to be successful, the, the entire business operation needs to be successful as well. We need to drive revenues. We need to bring uh, more fans to the ballpark. We need to create more partnerships with the community and the corporate world to, uh, to, to, to help increase uh, the amount of resources that he's ultimately going to have as part of his rebuild. So, so he is an extremely interested party. He has offered himself and, and Sig Meidel and Brandon Hyde and all of the front office to be available to us from a, from a communication standpoint, from a messaging standpoint, marketing, corporate partnership meetings. Um, as you said, he, he is asking the community, to, to the, the public, the, the uh, uh, charitable, the, the business communities, all to buy into what he's doing. And a great way to do that is to, to have him be in front of people and explain exactly what's going on. And he has not hesitated to, uh, to take advantage of those opportunities. And and as often as, as we can have Mike speak and, and speak to, to the vision that he's, he's implementing, um, the organization is so much better for it because he really has an exact idea of what needs to happen. He's done it before, um, and he needs to, to um, make sure that everybody understands what we're trying to accomplish. Greg, how important was the 
four or five year period from 2012 to 17. How important was that in reestablishing the club's kind of relevance and how good it feels to win? So even though they've had to take a step back now to rebuild, it, it set in motion what it feels like to, to be a, a part of relevance in the Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean, that, that five-year run, 2012 through 2016, to win more games than any other team in the American League, uh, you know, I, I imagine imagine thinking that that was possible at, in 2010 or 2011 when we were, you know, in, in a down, uh, down period of the organization. Baseball is cyclical, but that, that, that period before 2012 was a little longer than I, obviously anybody would hope. But that 2012 through 2016, I think, you know, it got us all within the organization um, incredibly excited about what is possible. Um, you know, there were some uh, unforgettable moments, many unforgettable moments in that period, um, you know, from Delman Young's double to, 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 to 2012 Buckle Up Birds making the postseason right, right at the end and, and winning that wild card game in Texas. These are great memories for us, but we're going to create new memories. And I think we're at a point now where, you know, we're, we're, we're going through a rebuild uh, that will hopefully end up um, culminating in a period that is even more sustained than, say, five years, and that we can create uh, a situation where we are competitive on the field for a decade or more. Uh, so I, I have great faith that this is going to happen, and we can look back at, at the not-too-distant uh, past to see, you know, what what can happen and how exciting that is at the ballpark when it does. I'll tell you two things. I was on the Mid-Atlantic Sports Report last night, and we were asked as a panel to come up with our baseball moment of the decade. And for me, it was very personal. Mel used a more, you know, uh, holistic uh, approach, and he picked Madison Bumgarner's uh, coming in relief against Kansas City. For me, it was Chris Davis lifting Nate McClough up in 2012, which kind of signaled that the Orioles were back being, you know, back playing top-notch caliber baseball. Um, I, I, For me, you know it's personal with me with the Orioles, so that was very exciting to me. I want to move over to talk about something that is part of this new thing. You've got holiday packages out, and it's been a while since the club has been geared up to sell around the, the Christmas holiday. I wish I had had you on one or two weeks ago, but better late than never because you don't have to just buy them up until Christmas Day. You can buy them early in the new year. Tell us a little bit about some of the holiday packs. Absolutely, and and real quick, the, the yeah. Chris Davis image of Nate McCloud. Yeah, that that photo is in my office. I stare at it every day. It's it's <laughs> it's absolutely the moment where it felt like the Orioles were back in business. And <laughs> and that's funny that you picked that because it's. It's incredibly personal to me. That's ingrained in my brain. I'm going to give you one other moment to me. It was the first time I sat there. I literally, after what we went through as fans for 12, 14 years, when you did that video, when the ball club did, um, what's the the song, um, um, So Glad You Came, and I watched that video, I was almost in tears in the press box. I won't say I was in tears, but it felt so good to be back and understand that the club was being appreciated again. Well, you know, Greg, that I've often told you that what that video that Stan's talking about and also the one that you guys used to open up the, uh, you know, right before they give the lineups or whatever, right after they give the lineups and before the National Anthem a few years back, 
was some of the greatest production work ever yeah. by that club. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys know how incredible the productions team we have is, led by Mike Stoshik and yep. Tyler Hoffberger. They're incredibly, incredibly talented, come up with some brilliant ideas. Uh, and, and to hear that they're as well-received as they are, I know that'll that'll make them really, really excited because they put in a lot of hours to try to to try to be entertaining and exciting. So that's awesome to hear. All right, now um, let's get to those yeah, holiday yeah, packages. Yep. <laughs> holiday packs. So, so um, this is a great opportunity for fans to, to get uh, and give the gift of opening day. I mean, uh, for, for several years now, the only way to get opening day tickets was to be in the know and know somebody or to be a, a, a Birdland member. Um, this year for a limited time, and it probably will last only a few more days, maybe right into the new year, but this is not going to last all through January. Uh, is a, an opening day five-pack, where for as little as $99, you can get five games, one of which being opening day, and guarantee yourself to be there on, what is it now, uh, March 26th against the Yankees. Yep. That's an early start, but uh, but we're going to have a packed crowd. It's going to be sold out yet again, um, another sellout at Camden Yards for opening day. So uh, So this is a great chance to do that. If opening day isn't your thing, or you want to also add to to the to, to your holiday gift giving, uh, we have a Battle of the Beltways three pack. We have two games against the Nationals this year on a Saturday and Sunday. You can pick one of those games and then two more games, and those tickets actually start as low as forty five dollars for all three games. So uh, this is a great way to uh, to get in on the action early. Give this gift. Um, and as you said, you can really buy right up until uh, Christmas and still give it as a gift. We'll have something online that you can print out that shows what the, the gift is you're giving. Tell us a little bit about the Kids Cheer Free Plus, which is now sort of the, the Kids Cheer Free, but there's something, a new wrinkle added to it, and it's just $25. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, fans are probably quite familiar with the Junior Orioles Dugout Club, which uh, for the last decade or so has served as the official kids club of the Orioles. We're actually revamping it a little bit. We're taking advantage of the Kids Cheer Free initiative, which, as you guys know, uh, allows fans to bring children nine and under to every single game free of charge. It's uh, one adult regularly priced ticket, uh, and you can bring up to two kids nine and under for free. What's the Craig, Kids Cheer Free? Craig, yes. Craig Heist was trying to sneak me in as a nine-year-old. Well, and you we know, got, <laughs> and we got caught. We got caught. We do have some security measures. So that, <laughs> well, that, for those fans who want to who want to try to game this system, they may be disappointed. But as for soon the as, most part, as, that as, doesn't happen. As soon as he opened his mouth, they stopped him at the door. <laughs> they said, "You're yes, staying yes. the fan." It, yeah. All right. Go exactly, ahead. I'm sorry. Go exactly. ahead. No, no, that's fine. So, um, so yeah. So what we've done is taken that program and expanded it for kids that are 10 through 14. Uh-huh. So now if you join the Kids Cheer Free Plus, uh, that extends the offer where all kids 14 and under can now come into the game. Uh, you get a credential and a lanyard that designates you as a child, so you know you can, you can uh, come in. And it also provides uh, fans with four vouchers for a lower-level seat, which is $192 value to come to virtually any game. There's a few limitations based on availability, but almost every game you can choose for four lower-level seats in addition to all those benefits of being able to bring your children in for free throughout the season. And as you said, it's just $25. All right. And one last thing I wanted to touch base with you on. I'm not familiar with the club ever really actively promoting spring training packages, but this year it looks like you have something with how – how much equity you have in Sarasota being such a great destination point and Ed Smith being such a great facility. 
Uh, tell us a little bit about that package. Absolutely, yeah. Spring, the spring training we do in Sarasota, what an unbelievable effort that is. It actually, I think you guys know, contributes more than $90 million to the Sarasota community, the Orioles operation down there. That's our economic impact, mm. which is pretty unbelievable. Yep. So we do try to drive as many uh, uh, consumers down to Sarasota as possible. And one way to do that is uh, to have these uh, mini packs where you can choose five games for just $107. Um, so it's $20 a, a ticket, roughly, uh, and, and you can see five games of your choice, which is uh, really great because usually in any seven, eight-day period, there are five home games, uh, and it's a great savings opportunity for fans who are going down for a week or so to get in as much Orioles baseball as possible. And I should add also that Birdland memberships are available in Baltimore, and with Birdland memberships, you actually get uh, a certain number of free spring training tickets uh, with uh, with that uh, purchase. So that's another option for those fans who are going to be going to Sarasota but also want to be uh, part of the action up in Baltimore. That's another great opportunity. I wanted to also remind people that may not be aware of this. Last year, Boog's Barbecue opened uh, with some visits by Boog Pal, and the days that I was there, I was astounded. It was over a weekend, Greg. The line was about a, and nobody, you know, at spring training before a game, nobody's in a hurry to get anywhere. The line must have been a hundred people deep uh, to get <laughs> to get Boog's autograph, to say hello to Boog, and to sample a sandwich. That's awesome. It sounds like we need more points of purchase. Um, yes, there so, you uh, go. We'll, we'll get working on that. <laughs> Hey, we really appreciate your coming on. A lot of exciting things, and I urge people to buy into the, uh, you know, the club is buying into it. They're working hard, and I urge fans to do their share of supporting the Orioles because they are going to be back, they are going to be relevant, and uh, it's fun to be a part of the rebuild. Thank you, Stan and Craig. Appreciate that very much, and we're really looking forward to getting this year started, and and, uh, you know, it's going to be March before we know it. Hey, one last question. We know that opening day on Thursday the 26th is going to be a uh, sellout. Are you doing Sunday? Is that going to be kids opening day? It will, yes. We okay. are going to do kids opening day on Sunday as well, um, of course, against the Yankees. And we'll have an announcement as far as uh, all of the particulars with that. But there will be a nice kids item that day. And we'll, of course, you know, have kids being a part of the action, introducing the lineup. Uh, uh, over the PA, taking the lineup card out with the manager, um, you know, uh, doing an anthem performance. We'll have kids involved all over the ballpark on that first Sunday of the year. Dave Ginsburg and I would like to one day to sing the national anthem together down on the field. Well, you can put in a, uh, a an audition tape, and we will uh, uh, anonymously uh, view that, and, and, and we'll see how that goes, Craig. Okay, good enough. Be politely, <laughs> and politely turn it down, please. Well, we'll see how good they are. We'll see how the harmonies sound. All right. Greg Bader, congrats on your uh, elevation within the organization. I know you put a lot of years into working for this club, and I know it's a passion for you. Harmony. Well, Harmony. Yeah, well, thank you, <laughs> thank you well, so much. But here's, here's the thing about that, Greg. If you talk about <laughs> harmony, the, the harmony and the camaraderie between Dave Ginsburg and myself, yeah, it's, have, it's you seen, have you seen on Facebook the amount of times we promote Orioles yeah, giveaways? You do, you do. It is a beautiful thing. You guys do have a great rhythm uh, uh, off, the, uh, <laughs> off the microphone, and let's see how it is uh, on. Greg, I'll talk to you soon. Let's grab lunch one day early in the new year. Sounds great. Appreciate it, guys. Have All a great right. holiday season. Okay, you too. Greg Bader of the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles. You guys do... 
a great job of promoting seriously. Those seriously, it's all do. done in fun, but there's a there's a kind of a little me, you know me, method, method to, to the your madness. madness, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, the latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special Press Box. Can I get you to hold it up again, too, Craig? Here we go. Right oh, there, there it is. It's our you very moved, special I... Press Box Best of 2019 issue presented by Maryland Sports Commission. On the cover, we recognize Lamar Jackson as Athlete of the Year, and Bill Dean honors the inspirational Mo Gabba as our Sports Person of the Year. Inside the issue, we celebrate the top people, performances, and moments of the year. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Craig, uh, tell us about some specials down at the Costas Inn. Well, specials on the menu uh, every night of the week. Uh, Monday night, crab cake night. Tuesday is rib night. Wednesday is steak night. That's your favorite, of course. Uh, along with half-price bottles of wine on Wednesday, Thursday is lobster night. You need to get that plain or stuffed with that great crab imperial. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, a host of specials on the menu. And uh, certainly prime rib is one of my favorites. And uh, also, if you go in a certain nights, you can get yourself some blackened scallops. Really? Which is great. Just as part as your main entree. With two sides, and it's fabulous for about twenty-two bucks. Is that a special? Yeah. Okay. Right. You, you can do that. They call it the Craig High special. Well, no, it's not the Craig High special, but you can get the scallops either plain. I'm going to work plain on that. broil. I'm going to work on uh-huh. that. Uh, you should have a dish named after you. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm serious. Okay. You do more. You do a lot to promote the Costas <laughs> Inn. Let me tell you that. Ice platter. Was your mic on? Yeah, it was. Okay. I'm not hearing very well today. (laughs) All right. That's the Costas Inn, located 4100 North Point Boulevard. Craig and I, it's our favorite stop uh, to feed our faces and to have a great time. Right, exactly. Live Casino Hotel's new venue, The Hall Live, opens with a preview event this coming Thursday, December 26th, featuring two great bands, Kristen and the Noise and Lost in Paris. And then another great free event to celebrate the new venue. As Charm City Devils headline the hall live on Sunday, December 29th. Tickets are free, but you need to claim yours now by going to livecasinohotel.com. More great shows coming to the hall live at Live Casino Hotel in 2020 include Jill Scott, February 14th, Squeeze, February 29th, OAR, March 14th, Air Supply, April 3rd, Josh Groban, April 16th, Patty LaBelle, May 2nd, and Gabriel Iglesias. August 22nd. Get your tickets now by going to livecasinohotel.com. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values. Earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. 
Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Ravens and Caps season with all of the games on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week. Join Sliders for the away Ravens games as well as the home game parties featuring Fancy Clancy Pilsner as well as game day food and drink specials. Find out about all of the parties and specials at slidersbaltimore.com. Sliders, one of Baltimore's original continuously operating bars. Royal Farms is known for being real fresh and real fast, but we're also real Baltimore. That's because Baltimore is our home base and our home. Like purple and black, flamingos and sunglasses, or crabs and Old Bay, our subs are real Baltimore, right down to the name. We make them fresh, delicious, and to your order, all day, every day, at a price that's easy to swallow. Royal Farms subs are another reason why Royal Farms is real fresh, real fast, real Baltimore. Check out Costa's Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. They're known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes. And their nightly specials also include crab cake night on Monday, rib night on Tuesday, steak night on Wednesdays with a half-price bottle of wine, and lobster night on Thursdays. Check out CostaZen.com to find out more. And the delicious crab cakes are shipped anywhere. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square offers a better way to tailgate with football and nuggets. You can now pick up a 30-count Chick-fil-A nugget in a football shape container and if it would be helpful chick-fil-a nottingham square can half cook it leaving you the opportunity to heat it the rest of the way just in time for your party and now chick-fil-a nottingham square offers their three cheese mac and cheese cheddar parmesan and romano combine in this classic side baked fresh in the restaurant download the chick-fil-a app place your order and pile up chick-fil-a bonus points good for free food chick-fil-a nottingham square 5198 campbell boulevard call steve if you'd like your party catered by chick-fil-a for one zero nine three one zero zero three one Chick Fil A Nottingham Square. This is former Trump AJ Francis just here to let you know that I am a huge wrestling fan. I know you are too. And there's a lot of stupid idiots out there that ruin the wrestling podcast experience for everyone else. Hey, Aaron Oster from I the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. I don't understand why people would ever cheer for Roman Reigns. He's awful. I'm sick of it. Boo! Boo Roman Reigns! Never wrestled for Ring of Honor. Never wrestled for PWG. Never wrestled uh, in Japan. He is no Kenny Omega. Too sweet me, bro. I hate both of you. And this is why I keep stupid idiots like you on my list. This is your boy Y2AJ here to save you. Find Jobbing Out, the podcast tab at PressBoxOnline.com on SoundCloud or iTunes. Are right, we are back on the Battle Round and we remind you we're broadcasting from the live Casino Hotel Studios on this Saturday, December 21st. Uh, we ask you and we, we kind of plead with you to please, if you're watching us on Facebook Live, click that extra button little button there that says like and then over to the right a couple spots click share okay because it helps us build up our audience numbers which helps us sell even more commercials that's right all right so we can get paid (laughs) yeah that's that's the name of the game is to get paid all right joining us right now on our hotline is none other than a former oriole pitcher and that is steve johnson uh steve how are you my friend I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I don't want to go too deep into this. How's Dad doing? We know he had a small surgery. Is he doing okay? He's doing good. He it was a uh, it was small, but it was a little longer than we expected. But he's out and he's uh, 
he's just trying to feel a little better. His, but, uh, his was a little bit more complicated, I know. Um, is he okay if if I text him? I mean, is that okay? He'll, he'll yeah, answer. Yeah, okay. they they had to keep him a couple um, a couple of days, so he's he's still in the hospital recovering. But right, uh, well, he's doing a lot better, and he's feeling a lot better. He has his phone with him, so he'd probably really appreciate that. All right. Hey, by the way, I texted you about two weeks ago. I said, "Hey, any chance you could come on this Saturday?" Meaning last week. <laughs> Uh, to the show, you said, "Well, I'm I'm in Thailand on my honeymoon. <laughs> uh, I didn't know your marriage was coming up that quickly. Uh, tell us a little bit about your wife and uh, uh, how it is, how it feels to be married. And first of all, congratulations! Yeah, congratulations! Absolutely. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we we actually got married back in September, and uh, she, um, my wife's name is Bailey, and she uh, she's a nurse, and since we couldn't take off." Too much, or she couldn't take off right. around uh, the wedding, and we wanted to take a longer honeymoon. We had to kind of push it off until um, you know the last two weeks. So um, yeah, she she's a uh, nurse at Kennedy Krieger, and um, we met about three years ago now. And um, married life for the last couple of months has has been great. Um, just kind of enjoying it and it was nice to actually kind of go celebrate finally on our honeymoon and thailand was awesome how so, was uh, how we, was we thailand really, how was thailand it, it was great i mean we we went to about three different places in thailand and um the food's delicious the people are the, some of the nicest people we've ever met and uh we had a great time and near the end there we were we were kind of excited to, to come home and maybe just have a nice burger maybe some pizza <laughs> but uh while we were there i mean it, it was it was delicious it was beautiful um uh, we stayed at some really nice places, and it was it was great. We're talking with Steve Johnson, former big league pitcher. And, uh, Steve, you put so many years into your career, and you, you decided to end it uh, and retire from, the, from playing the game. But the game is never going to be far from you. Tell our listeners and viewers on Facebook Live right now what Steve Johnson is doing right now with teaching the art of pitching. Well, I'm actually doing pitching and hitting um, because they're, you know, they're rotational movements and they both are kind of dealing with the same uh, functional strength movements that I'm, that I'm putting into uh, the program. And uh, near the end of my career, I started working on, um, I started training with, with some guys down in Northern Virginia and um, they were really working on functional strength and, um, you know, the kinematic sequence and on all the stuff you're hearing um, that are coming into baseball more uh, now. And uh, it just really gave me an understanding that, you know, everyone's different, everyone's body's different, but your body needs to be efficient. Uh, whether that's in your pitching delivery or your, your hitting swing, you want to get the most power out of your body. Um, and there's ways to do that. And there's, honestly, I, I wish I would have figured some of it out a little earlier in my career, but it just wasn't, it wasn't out there. And, and now you're hearing more and more and more about it. And uh, that's basically what I'm adding into um, a, a program here is, is you're dealing with functional strength while also getting um, working on those skill movements that everyone wants to, uh, to work on, you know, the, the swing and the actual mechanics of pitching. Um, but they all kind of work together. If you're not strong enough to um, perform the movements you're trying to perform, then there's going to be a little break in the, in, the, in the chain there. And we're basically just trying to get it all together, get it all smooth, get it all efficient, and not only will that allow you to get the most strength into uh, your swing or, or, or throw, but it, it will also uh, keep you healthy because you're 
kind of spreading your energy all around your whole body and not just using all arm or all legs or, you know, that, that's basically the goal. And, and the good part is that if you start early, um, you have a better chance to, uh, to really add on the strength um, later on in your, in your career at, you know, 17, 18 when you're trying to go into college and, and into the pros. Steve, how important is it for you as an ex-pitcher and a guy that worked so hard to get to where you were to be able to give back and to teach and, you know, to know that you're going to be helping a lot of people that had the same dream you had? It's pretty. It's a pretty big part of why I decided to do this as you know my future career. Um, you know, I always thought about I'd be a, a pretty good coach. I had to do um, a lot with with a little. I guess someone would say, um, just so I didn't have the the high velocity. I didn't have the the crazy curveball. I, I had some. If everyone said I had very average stuff, and, so, but I knew how to pitch. So and you were I, a chip off your old block, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. There you and, go. Uh, and and a lot of it was because of him as well. Um, you know, you you learn all that that those little things, those you know, changing speeds at the right time, and and knowing when to throw what pitches, and those little things go into it. But uh, I, I figured I'd always be a good coach just because I knew how to relate to pretty much everybody, and uh, because I was a guy that. You know, you, the guys that throw hard need to also know how to pitch, and I, I feel like I did that pretty well. And um, so I just to be able to give back and, and um, maybe teach some kids at a younger age um, and be able to get them hopefully being able to play this game for as long as I was able to and hope maybe longer um, is a way for me to stay in the game and also kind of get that joy that I might be missing from not actually competing myself. Now, it's interesting. You say, you know, I got by with uh, with very little and all that stuff. You know, what you're talking about, though, is at the, at the little league level or the pony league level and then into even high school, players like yourself who are naturally gifted, and, and you can be self-deprecating and say, well, I didn't have an overpowering this or that. You, you had to be pretty gifted to be as good as you were. But because you're so gifted – and maybe the level of coaching isn't what it is today with some of the new the new angles of of, of teaching performance. Um, do you think that that that's something that could have made you even a much better player had you known about this and been taught these things when you were 15, 16 years old? I I, I think it could have very it could have helped. Um, you know, it's tough to say. I know that I could have gotten started a lot earlier. I mean, mm-hmm. I came from my dad never allowed me to lift weights. Okay. Never allowed me to do really anything but like band work and I mean, weights and workouts were not anywhere in my program. Okay. I did some like arm exercises and and I was able to get by. I was strong enough to, to hit the ball pretty far and I was able to throw pretty hard and I really worked on my mechanics, but you know, when you look back at what I could have done, mm-hmm. the things that I could have made stronger, that wasn't really a big, it's not, it's not huge weights, it's just body weight. It's yeah. making, you know, it's, it's flexibility. It's, it's things that I never even thought about Maxim, doing, maxim, but I got by. Maximizing your body's efficiencies, I guess. Exactly. Is yeah. And because I know that, I, I knew when I actually got my delivery um, looked at, I was very inefficient. Now I made it work, mm-hmm. but... I wasn't able to make it last, and I wasn't able to stay consistent long enough to do what I wanted to do with the rest of my career. Um, 
and sure, I got I got a long way. I got to where everyone wants to get to, but once you get there, you want to stay, and I wasn't able to do that. So um, is that because of I wasn't able to make maximize my delivery early? Well, I felt like when I actually figured out how to do that, it was too little too late. Um, I was a little too old, and I had a bad year, and then boom, I was gone. Let me, um, and it was tough to kind of get a job. Let me, let me follow up with that. If you're able to better learn how to maximize your body's movements and abilities, is, it, is there a chance that that would have kept you from, more, from injury? Uh, I, would, I, would have, I would think so, because not just arm. I didn't really have a big arm injury. Right. I, I kind of fell apart in the other parts of my body, whether it was groin, uh, tore my oblique twice. Right. And it was because most, I, I would say it's because other parts of my body had to work harder because there was a break in the chain. Uh, my body wasn't efficient. My delivery wasn't efficient. And I was losing something. So when you do that, your body kind of, um, you know, makes up for it in different ways, uh, different movements to, to get you to what you're trying to get to, you know, to, to throw the ball where you want to get to and to throw the ball as hard as you want to. Your body has to make other changes because your body is getting a break in where the energy is supposed to go to. So I would say that, yeah, that, that's probably a big part of why. You know, I can't 100%. You know, people yeah. are different. Um, but I would say that I would have gave myself a, a whole lot more opportunity to not only stay healthy but also throw harder because I was uh, my there was a break in the energy chain. So if that happens, you're not getting the full amount of energy that you could put onto the baseball. And so, yeah, I threw 90-91, but – that could have been, you know, I could have been sitting at 90 and, and touching 94. You know what I mean? It, it, minor details, yeah, but at the same time. But that's a huge you know, difference. That's, that's, that's a, a big huge difference. Part. Yeah. We're talking about. a guy was... missing a fastball, O2, and, and instead of getting, yep. you know, getting it, getting a piece of it and making you throw extra pitches. We're talking with Steve Johnson, and we're broadcasting from the live casino hotel studio. <laughs> Stan the fan and Craig Heist doing the bat around. Steve, um, the um, first of all, let me understand. You're teaching people your, yourself. I mean, in other words, you you take private lessons, correct? Or you're yes. teaching private lessons. But are you also working with an academy, optimal baseball performance? That that's just it's all me. Um, okay, that's moment, your that's just, your thing. Okay. That's just the name of yeah. That's the name of the the uh, the business that that I created, and I um, basically it, it's just a play on. You know, you want to get the, the your optimal amount of energy into whatever you're doing. Um, so that's kind of where I, I went, and it's just me. And, and yeah, we're doing um, private private lessons. I usually do. I try and get two kids at a time. Uh -huh. um, and uh, you're working on, like, a, a, a full program would be you start out with functional strength, and not only does that eventually get you, more, uh, get you stronger in the right areas, but it also works as a warm-up. Uh, I don't think people warm up the right way uh, ever, especially at a young age. So um, I, the, the functional strength actually allows your body to, to get fully loose before we do any throwing and or hitting. And um, I think that's pretty important. And a lot of the, the kids that come in here can take that into their um, you know, summer ball and, and, and high school ball when they're going to throw. It's like, oh, God, I have to get warmed up. So I want and you, I think, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just think that that's a lost art in yep. a way um, i think a lot of people just show up to the field they do a couple arm things and then they they start playing catch and, and they're ready to go and that's just not i mean big league guys spend an, a full hour before the game and you're doing the bike doing stretches all this uh -huh. stuff and and you know amateurs go out there and they spend about 
two minutes warming up and, and they expect their arms and bodies to be ready. And I think that that's kind of another part of the thing that I'm trying to teach as well. Yeah, I wanted your opinion on this, and maybe you, you'll you'll have a uh, you'll have an opinion on it, or maybe it'll cause a, th- a thought to pop in your head. You know, when when I used to, when I was kind of in my young adulthood, I would hear that Elrod Hendricks had a baseball camp, then Larry Sheets had a hitting place, and all that, and I wouldn't think that much was going on there unless I took lessons with the big league guy, with Larry Sheets or something like that. What is behind now? I'm finding more and more hitters and pitchers are working at these different academies, names I've never heard of are doing the teaching, and now these names are also popping in to talk to get major league jobs, and in some cases they are getting major league hitting jobs and pitching coaching jobs. Uh, what is going on at that level and also at the college level? All of a sudden there's been a, you know, we live in a copycat society, so somebody right. like the Twins hire Wes Johnson from college. Now every team seems to be interviewing college pitching coaches. What is going on below the, the major and minor league level with these academies where, the, where such good teaching is going on, Steve? Uh, I think it's just – you know, science is becoming a big part of what we're doing in, in baseball. And I think in other sports, it's been going on for a long time. And baseball is kind of slowly um, kind of catching on. And I believe that these, a lot of these programs are, are really good at knowing, understanding data, understanding what everything means, and then being able to relate it to the player. Um, and the guys are searching for it. I mean, teams aren't teams weren't providing it for a long time, and guys would go out of their way to, hey, I know there's stuff going on, and I no one's explaining it to me, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to do it. So they're going out to all these places that that understand it, know how to relate it, um, know how to train it in the right way, and putting it into maximizing performance. And I feel like teams are finally saying, hey, like they they had a lot going on, they had a lot of science stuff, but no one was relating it to the player. You had coaches <laughs> who didn't know how to, you know teach it or understand the data themselves and then you had the science guys who weren't relating it to anybody and then you had the coaches who under you know the the gm and all those places they they kind of understood it but they weren't telling anybody and it was everyone was kind of on different pages um, yeah pages and uh i believe they're just trying to make that connection somehow and they're bringing in some of these guys who have related it to the players for a long time and i think a lot of people people are giving them kind of free reign to say hey we We've been doing one thing for a long time, and we want to try and do it a different way. And I still think that they're, they need to blend it better. Um, they need to take coaches who would actually perform there uh, at the highest level. They need to teach them. The coaches need to be accepted of it and be able to maybe understand it so that they can relate it. And it's, Everyone needs to work together. I mean, it's, it's all about making that player the best player possible, and it takes a whole village to be able to do it. And everyone needs to work together, and I don't think people have worked together for a little bit. I think there's been a little bit of a divide where you have old school and new school, and they don't want to blend that well. So the teams that are able to blend it better are going to maybe make their players a little better. I was going to say, how do you? What's the challenge of that? Because we hear so much about the science, we hear so much about the analytics of the game now, and that's the way many players coming up are being taught. 
but there is also that good old-fashioned eye test. What's the, what's the balance between the two to try to get it right? I think there needs to be, from just my opinion, I think there needs to be a nothing is 100% one way. And I think that that is kind of the problem where it's not being explained. You know, they, they, need to, they need to have a conversation. They need to be explained, hey, this is why we're doing this. And the coach is like, well, why, don't we, why are we not doing it this way? I mean, I'm seeing this. What, I'm, what am I missing here? And it needs to be explained. And, and maybe they can come to an understanding. Because um, I, I believe that there's a lot of input and value that, that coaches who have played at the highest level, yeah, not all people who play at the highest level are the best coaches. But sometimes they bring some, some info that you just can't get from someone who's never played at that level. Yeah, they have the science. They understand it. But, you know, that, that's fine. But when you have bases loaded, two outs, and the best hitter up at the, up at the plate, maybe some things have to change, and that comes from experience that you can only get when you've been there. So I think that there needs to be a, just more of a conversation, more of an understanding, more of a, hey, we're all here for the same reason. Um, and maybe – if they do that and if they work together in the right way, then, then teams will start to kind of helping players out because that's, that's really the goal is to make the player the best possible player that they could be so that they could help the big league, big league team win. One, one Oriole question, and I know you're not in the organization and you, you probably weren't down at Bowie or Frederick or Delmarva last year, but Mike Elias' first year, no question he brings – the, a more analytical bent to the organization and the teaching. Is it just a coincidence that the pitching did so well, or is there something to what they were being taught resonated with the players? Especially at the lower levels, yeah, Del Marva and, and in Bowie, you know. I, I just think that they they drafted pretty well okay. um, the last couple of years. And it, it happened, I think, the last I think two years – of um, you know before Elias got here, and then he had a. I thought he had a pretty good draft this year, and um, it's just drafting the right guys and putting them in a um, position to succeed. And um, uh, there could be possibilities of them adding the uh, the science into it a mm-hmm. little bit, and especially with the guys at Aberdeen when they first got there, and you know, kind of getting them to understand certain things. Sure, but I, I just think. Um, they had a couple good drafts, and, and unfortunately, I think that over the last however many years, um, I feel like they didn't, we didn't hit as an Orioles fan and uh-huh. didn't hit on uh, enough guys. You know, Sure, you have the top picks. Everyone has the top picks, and, and you miss some, and you hit some, and fine. But they need to hit more on those middle picks, You know, those, those picks that come out from nowhere and, and are, are dominant, and those guys that just – come out you know i feel like they just didn't have enough and the al east is a tough I, I it's tough to come out and pitch in the al east and it's very hard to do and they can get on all the young guys that come up and do it but it's not an easy thing to do when you're coming in and and the, the it's the second inning and it's seven to nothing and a reliever's coming in and he has to go out and everyone's two for two and feeling good on the other team and they're just teeing off on everybody. It's not. I've been there. It's not an easy thing to, to go out there and do. So there's a confidence level um, that uh, I think is being instilled in the lower levels. They're winning. Um, I think that that teams feed off of that. Um, players feed off of that. When the, when one guy goes out and he goes, goes seven innings, the other guy wants to do it and top it. Uh, that's maybe something that wasn't there for a little bit, uh, at least at the lower levels. Because we felt it in those years. So you know, 2012 and 13. You know when 
guy went out there and pitched well. We were we were playing pretty well at that point. So you always want to top it. I think that the confidence level there it goes a long way. So if they're winning at the lower level and trying to outcompete each other, you have a lot of young good pitchers there, and I think that that uh, it all helps. One more question about that because you were a guy who spent you you went step by step to the major leagues. In other words, you pitched for a long time in the minor leagues. Could you speak to the the need organizations because of the economics? A lot of times like to rush people. I think that Mike Elias is doing this the right way by making sure that development at each level is complete. Can you speak to that? I believe it's easy to do that when you're losing. Yep, no um, question about it. Yep. There's no there's no rush. And a lot of people are like, why aren't we calling this guy up? And it's like, well, one, why would you want to start his clock when mm-hmm. the team's not winning? And two, why are you going to throw him into a situation that is just so hard when you have guys that maybe are very just inexperienced that are up there and they're pitching against guys who are very experienced and um, it is a- not it's not easy to keep the same mindset that you need when guys are giving up a lot of runs and you're pitching you're constantly pitching in games where you're down by eight already and it's like you're going into the game and all everyone on the other team is just feeling comfortable in the box and you can have the best stuff in the world but if the other guy's not even scared because he's already two for two with the homer then he's not going to swing at the the pitches that he normally would. So, you know, that's a really tough you know situation yeah. to do that. When I was playing, we were pretty good, so they were taking anyone that could pitch, anyone that could do well. You're, you know, you don't do well, but we'll get someone that can. We'll, we just need to win. We need to find something that, yep. to get us going. And when you're losing, I feel like it's a little easier to say, hey, you know, we're just going to go, and when he's ready, he's ready. And we're going to make sure every guy that we have is ready until maybe we start winning and we start using that mentality. Um I think one of the more important things is if I think maybe would have helped a lot of guys is, is a top prospect comes up, and I think that maybe if he's a starter, maybe he stays a starter. Um, if he's a reliever, maybe he stays a reliever. And you bring up a guy, and you're not saying, okay, you're going to come to the bullpen and you know pitch twice, and then you're going to go back down, and then you're going to start, and then right. kind of uh, that's a hard mindset. I, I did it. I know a lot of guys that I played with did it, and some you know. You can succeed doing that, sure. It's not, it's just not as easy to stay. It's all about rhythm. It's all about you know staying in a routine. And I think that if guys can stay in their starter routine, they've been a starter their whole career. Well, they should go to the big leagues as a starter. Um, and it doesn't always work out that way. And I believe that I got my start from being a from being a reliever first, and I made the most of it. And I eventually got some starts, but. Um, you know, I was a starter my whole career, so I had to hold, learn how to pitch out of the bullpen in the big leagues at the highest level. So, um, not easy to do. And fortunately, I was able to make it work for however long I was there. But um, I think that if you keep guys in the same routine, we'll have a lot more success in bringing those guys and keeping them there. The program is optimal baseball performance. If somebody's listening today, either a, a young kid or a father that wants uh, their son to, to teach, uh, to be taught, how do they get in touch with Optimal Baseball Performance, Steve Johnson? They can just, uh, I'm on Facebook, they can find me there, or um, they can email me at optimalbaseball at gmail.com. We, we appreciate it. Again, congratulations uh, for your nuptials, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best, Steve. Happy holidays to you. you and your family. You too. All right. Bye-bye. There you go, Steve Johnson. Craig, um, we go from Steve Johnson talking about how 
how to optimize performance and and how he wished he perhaps had known some of that stuff. We go to somebody who optimized who has optimized their performance at the right time. Yeah, uh, why don't you lead into well, this? Well, Steven Pete. Strasburg obviously drafted by the Nationals, and uh, everybody remembers the uh, the the first game that he pitched against the Pittsburgh Pirates at Nats Park. And he strikes out 14, and it's been uh, quite a quite a ride since then, through a Tommy John, uh, to being able to help this team go f- and win a World Series this past year. Strauss was five and zero in the postseason uh, for the Nationals, and they've re-signed him to a seven-year, 245 million dollar contract. He met with the media this past. Uh, Tuesday at Nats Park, and we just wanted to bring you some of the highlights of his press conference. And uh, he talked about, uh, first of all, being able to stay in Washington. I mean, to be honest, throughout my career, uh, I'm so fortunate to, you know, have the the backing of the team, the ownership, and they've made it very clear that they want me to be a part of this organization. Uh, moving forward and throughout the course of my career there's been ups and downs but they've supported me throughout it all and um, you know I think that's that's hard to come by in the in this game and it's just creating an environment that I feel like I can thrive in and achieve what I wanted to do on the field and off the field as well. Only a handful of players in this game get the opportunity to spend a whole career in one place by the end of this contract it'll be 17 years with one organization. Um, Scott mentioned Tony Gwynn. He's one of the few who's done that. Growing up, was that something that meant something to you and mattered to you? And, and do you sense uh, how rare that is and how much that matters to a lot of people that there aren't very many who are able to do that for a whole career like that? I think it does have an impact on uh, the organization from a standpoint that, you know, I mean, I'm, I've been around here long enough to know that a lot of the young kids don't even know who I am. They know who Trey Turner is. They know who Juan Soto is. But, uh, you know, I think, I think as much as the Nats fans that were here from day one um, grow up with this organization and continue to pass the tradition down to their kids, um, that's, that's something that you want to be a part of. I think that's something really cool. And I think, you know, I'm – it's great for me to say that you know I'm a, I'm going to be a national for life, but to have my kids be here too and experience being nationals for life as well, um, that's something that's I'm really fortunate with. And uh, you know they're in such a great position here to to thrive. And um, you know my oldest just started school and she's loving every minute of it. So it's uh, it's definitely a, a benefit. Stephen, we, we were in San Diego. Scott mentioned that. Uh, the shutdown in 2012 maybe built a lot of trust between you and the organization. Um, how much did something like that factor into your thinking and reflecting on that time sort of make you want to stay here, I don't, if, if it did at all? Me, me personally, I, I think I've learned over the years that it's very important to be in the moment. Um, you, you can't really look back. You can't really look too far ahead. Um, I know fr- I can understand from you know a management side that those are things you have to consider. Uh, for me as a player, though, like that's not really a part of my job description. Uh, it's it's about making adjustments and doing everything I can to be the best version of myself. 
Stephen, you mentioned the ups and downs, and all players have them, and plenty of pitchers have them too. When you think about staying in one place, how much does it matter to know that if you have ups and downs in the future, like everybody does, there'll be all of this behind you that fans and people will appreciate and sort of stick with you? Yeah, I mean, I, it's you know, I'd, I'd like to think that you know, baseball is a lot like life, and um, I would think that that's you know what draws a lot of people to this game. Um, it is a game based on failure, and I think this team really proved that if you believe in one another and you keep fighting, that you can really achieve things that most people thought were impossible. And um, to be a part of that environment, um, it's it's something that you know you want to hold on to and continue to you know be there. Uh, David, oh, Stephen, um, you mentioned Max obviously earlier. Could you expand on that a little bit? Just what the relationship has been like the last few years, what you've learned from him, maybe what he's learned from you, and how that has helped you also continue to grow and develop. Yeah, I mean, you know, Maxie coming in here with with all the you know awards and the hardware. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was. Uh, it was a little eye-opening for me, for sure. Um, I think he could say this, too. I think our personalities are, are very different. Um, I'm very quiet. But, I mean, he goes out there, and, and he's fearless. And, you know, I think there's certain times that I have a tendency to maybe, like, you know, not shy away from things or shy away from, you know, certain hitters but it's like that that aggressiveness that I watched over those years is that that was something that like hey I don't really care what happens but it's like as long as I'm aggressive that's something that is important to me for Mike you looked bored over there get you involved <laughs> um you draft Steven um then you sit here for the, his extension now you sit here today for for this news and this new contract what's it been like for you to watch that journey and maybe what kind of changes development growth have you seen in, in him over that time well, you know, we when uh, when we scouted him as a as a, a starting pitcher in San Diego State, uh, you know, we we realized that this was a special talent. Uh, had had a lot of gifts. His repertoire was great. Uh, he had the size, delivery, uh, and stuff to be a you know elite major league starter. But what we found, uh, you know, over the years is that uh, you know he's a better teammate and a better man than he is a pitcher. Uh, and uh, he's a pretty damn good pitcher. So uh, we, uh, you know, we we ad I admire the way he gets after it. Uh, you know, we know we all talk about the past and what happened back then. Um, but we realized growing up together in in, uh, in this organization that uh, it, it takes a village, and uh, and you know this isn't uh, this isn't the NBA where you give the ball to Michael Jordan and say win us a title. And this thing is it takes a village, and uh, it took uh, it took Strauss, it it took Max, it took it took a bunch of guys to to come together when everybody was shoveling dirt on it this, this year. It proved that uh, if you believe in yourself, you could do special things, and I think he epitomizes that. You and Max and Patrick did things in October you had never had to do before in your career. What's the recovery process been like, and how much are you looking forward to the challenge of now trying to um, come into next season and pick up where you left off after that kind of workload? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's funny. You go win the World Series, and everybody starts to write you off for next year. So I think that's pouring gas on the fire for me and I think for a lot of other guys. Um, so it's it's really you know there's there's no stopping us now. Um, 
we're going to go into into next season like we did last year, and that was you know finish the fight and uh, stay in the fight. You know, all those all those things that we kind of held on to during the season. Um, those are things that we can't control, and those are things that we expect out of ourselves and the guy next to us. Yeah, and to two things I thought were very interesting. One about what is it going to be like heading into this spring training and the start of this season because everybody had to work until the end of October this year, so that's something out of the norm. And I thought what Mark Zuckerman uh, asked him, too, uh, j- just about what what the whole – Max Scherzer experience has been like yeah. while he's been there. There's no question Max Scherzer's had a direct influence on, on the oh, career no of question. Steven Strasburg. No question about it. And, and I think Steven realizes that, and it's helped him mature to become the guy he is in the pitcher. And most people, I think, would argue that re- really at this time, especially with Scherzer having some of the injury issues that he had, you know, second half of the season this year, that uh, that, that Mac, Max has kind of not – turned the baton over, but certainly Stevens taking it from him a little bit as far as the number one pitcher on that staff. It was vitally important that they bring Strasburg. Yeah, and no that's question. no knock at Rendon. Clearly the club wants to get a big-time third baseman, but they needed, with Max's situation at the end of the year, they really needed to lock in Strasburg. Right, and, and when you think about Corbin and Sanchez and whoever may win that fifth spot out of spring training, uh, you and I talked about this last week a little bit, and you know when they said, "Well, what what would you rather have?" And I said, "Given the two, and if they couldn't have both of them, give me the starting pitching anytime." The want to mention uh, Glen Burnie Transmission. They're located right in the heart of Glen Burnie. They've been there for almost sixty years. If you suspect you're having a transmission problem, GBT can save you hundreds of dollars over taking it to the car dealers for repair. Make an appointment for a free diagnostic and estimate. Call GBT at 855-728-1841. Their mission is simple at GBT, to provide excellent service at a reasonable price. Go to their website at gbt-online.com to check out all the five-star reviews. Let my friend Mark Schwartzman take the troubles out of transmission troubles. Call them today at 855-728-1841. And I want to mention... uh, one of our sponsors, and that is Baltimore's favorite bar, is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Ravens and Cap season with all the games on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wingding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more, with different drink specials every day of the week. Join Sliders for the away Ravens games like tomorrow, as well as the home game parties featuring fancy clancy beer, as well as game day food and drink specials. Find out about all the parties and specials at slidersbaltimore.com. Sliders, one of Baltimore's originally original continuously operating bars. And we remind you once again that while we were broadcast from the live casino hotel studios, part, portions of this program are brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. Okay, I'm getting an Italian cold cut with oil and vinegar. Turkey and Swiss with extra mayo for me. And I want a ham and cheese with everything. 
Before we go to the game, we go to Royal Farms. It's not football without a Royal Farms sub. At Royal Farms, it's all fresh. And delicious. In this town, you don't tailgate with a hoagie. You tailgate with a Royal Farms sub and world-famous chicken. Royal Farms. Real fresh. Real fast. Real Baltimore. Check out Costa's Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. They're known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes. And their nightly specials also include crab cake night on Monday, rib night on Tuesday, steak night on Wednesdays with a half-price bottle of wine, and lobster night on Thursdays. Check out CostasIn.com to find out more. And the delicious crab cakes are shipped anywhere. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values. Earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home Home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com slash bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Ravens and Caps season with all of the games on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wingding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week. Join Sliders for the away Ravens games as well as the home game parties featuring Fancy Clancy Pilsner as well as game day food and drink specials. Find out about all of the parties and specials at slidersbaltimore.com. Sliders, one of Baltimore's original continuously operating bars. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special Press Box Best of 2019 issue presented by Maryland Sports Commission. On the cover, we recognize Lamar Jackson as Athlete of the Year, and Bill Dean honors the inspirational Mo Gabba as our Sports Person of the Year. Inside the issue, we celebrate the top people, performances, and moments of the year. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Glenn Clark and Kyle Ottenheimer here from Glenn Clark Radio. Kyle, you know, I'm regularly asked by folks about how we get so many great guests on our show. Well, I, I work really hard to get some of the biggest names on with us. I know you do, and the world recognizes it, but I want to challenge you to try to get some even bigger guests on the show moving forward. Okay, who do you have in mind? Well, nothing crazy. Like, what about Tim Tebow? Uh, or, or how about Leonardo DiCaprio or, or Lady Gaga, maybe Barack? Barack Obama. You know what? I'll settle for Wilt Chamberlain. But I think he died. What? Yeah, like 20 years ago. So that's a maybe? Maybe Java Chamberlain. Glenn Clark Radio, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio and Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. No one wants to talk to Java Chamberlain. All right, we are back in the live casino hotel studio, and Bill Latson's going to join us in just a moment. But first, I need to tell you about Live Casino Hotel's new venue, The Hall Live. They open with a preview event this coming Thursday, December 26th, featuring two great bands, Kristen and the Noise and Lost in Paris, and then another great free event to celebrate the new venue as Charm City Devils headline The Hall Live on Sunday, December 29th. Tickets are free, but you need to claim yours now by going to livecasinohotel.com. More great shows are coming to the Hall Live at Live Casino Hotel in 2020. They include Jill Scott, February 14th, Squeeze, February 29th, OAR, March 14th, Air Supply, April 3rd, 
Josh Groban, April 16th, Patty LaBelle, May 2nd, and Gabriel Iglesias, August 22nd. Get your tickets now by going to livecasinohotel.com. And joining us right now is a friend of mine and an acquaintance of Craig Heist, and that is MLB.com's very fine columnist, Bill Latson. Bill, happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to you guys, man. I'm glad to be here. How are you, acquaintance? Yeah. You doing all right, Craig? How's it going? I'm all right. What's going on, man? Hey, man, nothing much, man. Get ready for the holidays. I hear you. Hey, I, I worked uh, to try and get some exposure to your medical situation. Have you gotten, I'm not saying have you gotten a kidney donated to you, but have you gotten much response to Mike Shallon's uh, uh, write-up in the uh, New Hampshire Union Leader about your situation? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, people have responded. I mean, you know, so far, no matches. But, you, you know, the, the mere fact that it got out there is, uh, is a great sign. And I appreciate what he did. Well, he's he's a good man, and uh, uh, he took an interesting tack to it because he said, I said, let's try and find a Yankee fan to donate a kidney. And he says, I like the idea of appealing to a Red Sox fan helping a Yankee fan. So uh, <laughs> we're going to try our best to get you hooked up with a kidney, but I know you're on a couple lists as well. And how is your health in general, Bill? Uh, it's, it's really good. Uh, I mean, I'm still working. So... Uh... It, you know, I can't complain. You know, as long as I have a positive attitude, uh, I think that's the key to the whole thing. Uh, I'll be okay. All right. Well, we're wishing you nothing but the best, all right? Appreciate it. Um, what? How's this Josh Donaldson thing going to end? Craig and I were talking, and I'm not saying he doesn't see the same thing I'm seeing. If you got four-year offers from the Twins and the Nationals and the Braves haven't stepped up to four, is he just simply waiting to see how he can maximize an offer from the Braves before he signs? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the Braves are going to get the last call, and, uh, you know, they're going to get the last chance to make another offer. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think, again, i I'd like to know how Josh Donaldson feels about deferred payments. I mean, does he want that? I mean, because the Nationals are known to give that to their players. So, uh you know, I think it's a matter of uh, waiting to what the Braves want and what ha- who has the best contract. I think the Minnesota Twins are the best option, to be honest with you, because I think uh, they really have a chance to go to the World Series. I like their pitching staff. I like their offense. So it's pretty good. Yeah, and that's something you and I didn't talk about before, uh, Stan, was the fact that, you know, let's not discount the Twins in this as far as going to a team that can compete and contend once they get in the playoffs, once they get in the World Series, or try to get to the World Series, because that's a lineup, you know, that's pretty loaded. <laughs> and and having Donaldson's bat in that lineup would, would certainly enhance what they have already. Bill, no doubt about your, it. your thoughts on no that? No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, from that standpoint, and I'm with Bill on this. I You know, what you've seen out of their pitching staff, you know, uh, they'll always have that Yankee stigma over their head until they finally beat the Yankees in the postseason. But, you know, again, as Bill and I sometimes argue about, you know, you can't win a World Series until you get to the playoffs, you know. And if you don't get to the playoffs, you don't have any chance. Right. Bill, exactly. uh, and he, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was, I was going to say, you, you know, like, uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see, and I said this earlier, 
you know, did the Nationals offer Donaldson deferred payments? I mean, will he go for that? And, uh, I mean, that's the reason Anthony Rendon is not there anymore. So uh, I, I think it depends on the, the type of contract he was offered. Yes, it was four years, but well, what kind of contract was it? You know, it's interesting. We're, we're hearing the figure is somewhere around 25 a year for the four years, and maybe the teams that are going to four are chinching on the 25, and maybe they're offering them, like you say, maybe the Nationals are really offering them 95 with some of it deferred. And then I look at the team that had him last year, paid him 23 at a risk, and he paid off for the risk. So why wouldn't they offer him 27, 27, 5 per year for three with maybe a, a nice little buyout on a four year fourth year option that guarantees them ninety seven with no deferred money. Yeah, but you know what though? I think I can see understand the Braves point though. I, mean, I, I do is, totally, and I think the Braves still have the leg up in this thing. Yeah, but he's you know, Josh Dawson is thirty four years old. Right. And you know, you know how much he have he has in the tank. So I, I, I think uh, I can totally understand where the Braves are coming from. And, uh, you, you know, you hope he still has some years left, hopefully. But remember one contract, and I'm not comparing apples and apples necessarily, but remember when the Orioles got such a great deal on Nelson Cruz for one yeah. year, then they didn't want to go to five years. They were offering three, and Seattle got him, and he's still hitting six years later. Yes, yes, he is, yeah. and uh, you know it turned out to be a great, uh, you know, bargain for both teams, the Orioles and the uh, Seattle Mariners, and uh, he's still going strong now. He's one of the best DHs in uh, the American League. Hey, well, and I know Bill for you know just kind of the way he thinks about the big time contracts and right. players, and should you give them? I mean, you know, if if you're thinking about five years for Nelson Cruz after he's with the Orioles. You're looking at him and saying, "Well, can he can he duplicate it? Can you know when's age going to catch up to him?" And I think to some degree, you could probably say the same thing in in only to a lesser degree about Scherzer's deal that he signed with the uh, with the uh, Nationals. From the standpoint of, wow, that's a lot of money and a lot of years. But I'll tell you what, Bill, he's lived up to every single penny of that contract. Oh, no question about it. You know, uh... and so is Nelson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was going to be interesting to see if those guys can really uh, keep it up. And, you know, they're up there in age now. And uh, obviously they work their butts off, but, you know, we'll see. Hey, I'm, uh, I'm, I've been scratching my head during the offseason about the, the Dodgers offseason. Now, in fairness to them, they were right there with Cole. They were right there with Rendon. They missed out on the two of them. They then – didn't really obviously offer Madison Bumgarner any kind of real big deal, uh, you know, over a hundred million dollars because Arizona got him for eighty-five with some of right. it de- with some of it deferred. Are they counting on picking up a big-time pitcher through a trade? Uh, is there are there some legs to this Lindor Clevenger package idea? I mean, you would hope so, but you know, like. Uh... You know, Lindor has two years left on his contract. Right. And the question is, are the Dodgers willing to risk 
you know, giving up a bunch of farm system guys. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it is kind of weird, you know, the way the offseason is going. But I'll tell you, though, uh, you know, they do need uh, some pitching. And, and maybe, you know, a little, another bat that can really help them. So uh, yeah, I think they've had. I think a, that's what cost them, you know, uh, during, the, during October. I think they've had a terrible offseason at this point. And I don't know that uh, they're. I, maybe they're sitting there and they know they're holding the Trump card and can get Rayu back by snapping their fingers. But it seems like that would have happened already by now. I don't think Dallas Keuchel's a great fit for the Dodgers. So I'm wondering, other than Clevenger, where they're going to get a big-time pitcher um, to, to help round out that rotation, which right now is Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, and Dustin May, and I guess Stripling, but um, it's not an overwhelming rotation with Hill and Rayu out of there. Yeah, and also, you know, uh, I don't think their pitching staff is as good as it was, you know, two, three years ago. I do like the pickup of Trinan, though. I think he he helps the back end a lot. Well, he he's coming off a bad year. Yeah. And we'll see if he can make that comeback. I mean, you know, I think the Dodgers assigned him based on what he did two years ago, thinking he'll be back to that, you know, old way. And, you know, they also have Joe Kelly, who was a big disappointment. Yeah. So, I mean, they, there are some guys who really need to make a comeback. We're talking with Bill Latson of MLB.com. Bill, another rumor involving Francisco Lindor, and I won't call it a full-fledged rumor, but somebody in New Jersey, one of the papers or online up there, wrote an interesting trade possibility with Lindor going to your team, the Yankees, in a package that would include um, Andahar and Clint Frazier and a couple of young pitchers. Uh, do you see that having any traction at all? No, because if I'm Cleveland, I wouldn't go for it. Uh, I mean, I think people are forgetting. Yes, Clint Frazier can hit, but he can't. He can't play any defense. I think you should have seen him play last year. It's one of the reasons he was sent down to the Myers. He wasn't sent down because of uh, you know because of a disappointing uh, you know offense, and, and also. Uh, Andohar is not that great defensively either. If right. I'm the Yankees, I, I would make that deal. But if I'm Cleveland, I wouldn't make it. All right. Bill, um, after you get past uh, these couple players we're talking about, uh, you know, with Keuchel and Rayu, uh, where does some of those those next group of players, like Castellanos, where does he end up? Um, and any other interesting fits that you're seeing out there in free agency? I mean, I see Castellanos going to to American League team where I don't know. Because Castellanos, you know, he can't play defense. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I think his defense has hurt him as far as signing where he goes. But uh, where he's going, I have no idea. Scott Boris is his agent. Scott Boris will find him a job for sure. But, uh I don't know where he'll go. Now, I've been scratching my head at the Dodgers offseason. I'm not really scratching my head at the Red Sox offseason because some of what they're up against right now and why Dombrowski was let go and Bloom was brought in was to bring back some sanity to their payroll structure. Uh, but how do they replace what they've lost this offseason, the Red Sox? 
They've lost a lot, a lot of interesting pieces, you know, in Brock Holt, Mitch Moreland, a uh, couple of the uh, pitchers that they've lost. Uh, where do you see the Red Sox? I think they'll, you know, th- you know, they have a strong farm system. So, I mean, it, I think it depends what happens this spring with them. I think if they can uh, find some people who can help, especially at first base and, you know, maybe uh, on the pitching staff, and, and they got to stay healthy, too. That's the key. Because some of their guys, especially on the pitch again, I mean, they were injured and missed a lot of the season. You talk about David Price. And, you know, like, if they can get healthy and, you know, they can uh, find peace, uh, you know, with, with some of their hitters, I think that things will be okay. When you look uh, at the Yankees and the acquisition of Cole now and all the hoopla that's surrounded that, and I know it's been a, a week since we've talked to you and uh, probably just a little bit more than a week since it happened, when you look at the Yankees going into spring training, what else do they need to do starting pitching-wise? Because to me, Cole's just not going to be enough for that team. I totally agree, Craig. I mean, I take the heat. First of all, you got to make sure that players are healthy. You know, Tanaka's coming from an elbow injury. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I just think uh, the two right-handed right now from a hitting standpoint. You know, I, I'm surprised the way they talked about Didi, that he could be done. I mean, I thought considering that he played half a year, I thought Didi put up some nice numbers. I really did. He didn't hit for a uh, high average. But he still drove in like sixty-one runs. I think the Phillies. Like, I think the Phillies made one of the better off-season deals with DD. I, I totally agree. I think uh, it's going to be a nice deal for them, and uh, you know, I think Labor Torres will replace DD nicely. But uh, I think they need another left-handed bat somehow, in my opinion. Bill, um, one last question for you before we let you go. The um, this uh, cheating scandal with the Astros. What do you think? How, do you think it, the punishments are meted out like right around February first, like as spring training starts, or do you think they'll get to them in mid-January? Well, I don't know. I mean, the, the commissioner has been, uh, you know, uh, has been has been kind of silent on, on all this stuff, which he should be. But uh, I, I think it will take a while. He wants to make sure he's doing the right thing. And I think the way it's going, he's he's doing things uh, right, in my opinion. All right. Bill Latson of MLB.com, we appreciate your being on with us. You want to listen to an uplifting young man, uh, Bill. I know you don't live in Baltimore, but our sports person of the year is coming up next. Mo Gabba, 13-year-old, blind, been fighting cancer since near birth. Uh, he's an amazing young man, and uh, we're going to have him on next, if you can listen in. That's great, man. I will. All right. Thanks, Bill. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great holiday, you, you and your wife. You too, guys. Take All care. Right. There we go. Bill Latson, always a pleasure to talk to him. And we are going to make our con- connection with Mo Gabba in just a second. I just wanted to hold this up here for a second. This is our 10th year doing this. Is Ryan, is it on screen right? Okay. That's our 100-block charity pool at PressBox. Mm-hmm. We've been selling these blocks for 10 years, or $175 per block, and we give away $12,000 each year 
to different charities around. Uh, you know how these hundred block right. roads work. If you if you match up with the right numbers, um, at at each quarter we give away three thousand dollars. In nine years, we've given over about one hundred and five thousand dollars. With this year, we'll be over one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars to organizations like um, Team Up for One, uh, Esophageal Con- Cancer, uh, the Zero <laughs> Prostate Challenge, um, so many more. Uh, we give away uh, Team Up for One. I mentioned them. Ronald McDonald House. We've given away the money. And uh, we're excited. South Baltimore Network has won two years in a row. Leah Lancaster won two years in a row for her charity, which was the uh, SPCA. Um, And they get some much-needed funds. If you're interested in signing up, getting a block, just email me at stan at pressboxonline.com. Stan at pressboxonline.com. Or put a note right on the Facebook Live feed today how I can reach you or direct message me on Facebook, and we'll um, try and get you hooked up to be one of uh, our players playing for a charity that's near and dear to your heart. All right. Joining us right now is, and we don't always get the guys that are on our cover, and we don't have Lamar Jackson today, but we got one one better than him. We got Mo Gabba. Mo, how are you? Hey, how are you? I'm great, Mo. Do you you don't know Craig Heist? Oh yeah, we know each other. Oh, you do know Craig Absolutely. Heist. All right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of Craig Heist? He calls me Heisty, just like oh, everyone else really? does. Yeah. Yes, he does. All right. Yeah. Hey, Mo. I'm um, not trying to pat ourselves on the back at Press Box, but I'm just wondering: Have you had much feedback from people about being on the cover of our paper? A lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you deserve, uh, I mean, Bill Ordeen did a super job writing this story, but you deserve, you and your mom have done so much for our community, and this is uh, one way we thought we could show some props to you guys for fighting such a good fight. Thank you. All right. Well, I got a favor to ask you. You got to do something for me this morning. Because I, I hear it on Scott and Jeremy all the time. Yeah. And you, you, you know that Ken Harrelson just got inducted or got uh, elected to the, the to the Hall of Fame. So you got to give me a put it on the board. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes. There you go. <laughs> hey, the other day, <clears throat> Mo. I know you weren't feeling your best. You came out to Chick-fil-A out in Nottingham Square. Glenn Clark was running that uh, coat drive there. And Bradley and Nikki Bozeman were there from the Ravens. Well, Bradley's from the Ravens. Nikki is married to Bradley. Tell me why it was so special for you to grab Bradley Bozeman's biceps. You were so impressed with how strong he is, huh? Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty, pretty strong. He's pretty amazing. You, you can tell why he plays football then, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mo, um, you you got to meet somebody pretty special the other day as you went into the University of Maryland Medical Center, didn't you? It wasn't University of Maryland. It was um, Johns Hopkins. I'm sorry. It was Johns Hopkins. Somebody there who's a pretty famous athlete around these parts, was going to visit some kids. And who was it? It was Ray Lewis. Yeah? 
And did he know yeah. he knew who you were, didn't he? Not really. Not really? Oh, I don't believe that. What what did you tell him, Mo? Yeah. I just gave him a hug. Yeah, well that of course you gotta give him you gotta give Ray Lewis a hug. Did you tell him the dogs were in the house? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. Hey Mo, um it's always funny when you talk to somebody who's blind and you say, Are you gonna watch the Raven game tomorrow? You know, I know you can't quote unquote watch it, but tell us about the experience now when there's a game on. Uh, are you with a bunch of people uh, that are watching the game and you're there with them? And how how has that been this season, especially? Usually, I'm just with my mom and she tells me what's happening. And it's a lot of fun to root for that group this year, isn't it? With Lamar doing what he's doing. Yeah. What's your, what's your favorite part about Lamar's game? When he scores. <laughs> yeah, he's been doing a <laughs> yeah, lot of that. He's been doing a lot of that. You're right. So tomorrow they got the Browns in Cleveland at 1 o'clock, and then the following Sunday they play at 1 o'clock at home against Pittsburgh. Um, We're going to that game. You are going to that game. Are you going to be down on the field? Uh, we don't know. Okay. Well, that's exciting that you're going to that game. Uh, tell me what the holidays are like for you and your mom right now. Um, we're going to be hanging out with our family. That's a special time. I know that. Are you yeah. a- Are you able to get, does anybody slide you a few dollars to get your mom a Christmas present? Um, I don't know. All right. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Okay. What do you think you're going to get her? Nobody's listening. Nobody will tell her. Yeah. <laughs> your, your, I don't know. Your, your secret's safe with us. <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you what you should get her. You should get her like a, a like a trip to the nail parlor. You know, get her a pedicure and a manicure. Oh, that's a good idea. You think she'd like that? Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? I might, I might surprise. I might find out. You live in the sort of in the Glen Burnie area. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. All right. I might. When to come? When to come Okay. Yeah. Uh, Craig Heist, Glenn, and I might try and figure something out. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll let you know. Um, right. Were you able, uh, Glenn Clark and I, the other day? We've never done this before, but because of the fact you can't literally read this out of the paper. Glenn and I taped the uh, the audio of this story. Have you been able to listen to it? No. Okay. All right. Mom did, but I didn't. All right. Well, she I... hasn't heard. She hasn't on her email though. Okay. All okay. Right. Well, we'll get. We'll make sure that she does. We really appreciate your being on here, Mo. Uh, are you in on the Orioles? Um, you know, it's going to be a tough couple of years for them. But are you in on the rebuild? Yeah. Well, that's good. You think it's the right way to go about uh, getting back to contention to build with young players? Yeah. All right. Well, that's, you know, that's the way they got to go. But now, here's the big thing before we let you go. Yeah. We need a prediction for the Ravens-Browns game coming up tomorrow tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Hmm. He's well, thinking. He's thinking. 
The past few weeks, they've been scoring over 44 40 points. Yeah. Right. I think this week's not going to be any different. So you think it's going to be like 38-10, to 38-13? I'm thinking 48-15. 48-15. Wow. There's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of upset people in that dog pound tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If, if that happens, boy, the, the the dogs are gonna be let out of the stadium early tomorrow. <laughs> hey Mo, uh, are you excited about the prospects of the Ravens playing in the Super Bowl again? Yeah, they're they're gonna make it. To, they're gonna make it to the Super Bowl. Who's the one team in the in football that you have a little bit of trepidation? Is there anybody? I wouldn't go that. Who? What do you mean? I, I don't know what you mean. You, you, are you afraid of any one team in the in the league that can beat us? Um. Kansas City with Pat Mahomes, San Francisco, New Orleans. This is what I would have to ask my mom. Okay. Well, All right. What were you think, mom? San Francisco. San Francisco. She thinks San Francisco. Hi, guys. Hey, Sansi, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? You didn't hear that whole thing about us trying to get you something for the Christmas. No, he moved the phone. I didn't hear it. That's good. That's All right, good. Good, because we're not. Because really, we're not really getting. We're not really going to do anything for you. Got it. All I right. got it. Hey. <laughs> Hey, did you have fun the other night out at uh, at uh, Chick Fil A Nottingham Square, Sanzi? I had a ball. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great time. What did you think of the owner there, Steve? He was something else, wasn't he? Yeah, he he was amazing. He went above and beyond. He was amazing. That was, Not, that, this is the owner of Chick One yeah. Chick Fil A. He ended up because we wanted to get them out to give them the laminated cover. The, uh, the I, I, I saw the video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he ended up picking up, paid for a limo to pick them up out in Linthicum Heights. How about that? Did the kids love being in the limo? Yes, we did. It's not often they get to go Chick Fil A in the limo. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't many people that go to Chick Fil A in the limo. That was a pretty damn good chicken sandwich, wasn't it? <laughs> And I know I'm asking you easy questions, Sanzi, but weren't Bradley and uh, Nikki Bozeman, they're just very special, down-to-earth people. Yeah, they were incredibly nice and really, like, it, it was amazing to be around them. All right. Well, listen, we appreciate what you and Mo have done for our community, and in some small way we wanted Press Box to play a part in uh, honoring you, and I, I think we came up with a good method of doing that. We wish you nothing but the best these ho- this holiday season, and uh, cancer sucks. We know that. Yes, it does. All right. You hang in there. Mo, talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Because you know what happens? When he eventually beats this thing, yeah. we're going we're gonna to hit the microphones, you and I, yeah. and we're going to go, you can put it on the board! Yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great holiday. Thank you, too. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Bye. That's a special young man there. Yes, he is. So many reasons to be down in the dumps or or pissed off, and yet Mo is uh, very uplifting. Very uplifting and always in a good mood. Yes, he is. Always in a good mood. Uh, We need to get a couple commercials in, don't we? Yes, we do. All right, so let's do that. Craig, uh, one of those commercials is the Costas Inn. 
Well, the Costa Center at 4100 North Point Boulevard is your place to go for the best steamed crabs in town, best crab cakes in town, and uh, a menu full of specials throughout the week, like Monday night, crab cake night, Tuesday night is rib night, Wednesday night is steak night, and with that and anything on the menu, you get half-price bottles of wine, and uh, Thursday night is lobster night, either uh, either uh, stuffed or you can get it plain, and uh, that comes with sides, and uh, also other things on the menu as well. I mentioned the... Uh, scallops the last time out one of the great things on the menu you can either get them plain or blackened that's mm-hmm. my favorite uh the prime I'm rib try that next time i tried the prime rib yeah the last time i didn't time. steer you wrong on no, that no you didn't and i'm gonna try that <laughs> see thing. what i did there steer steer <laughs> I, I like that so what do you say swim over to yeah, the scallops swim over to the scallops uh, that's what i'm gonna do that sounds like a great dish that's it and uh if you have are a, they literally blackened or is it just charbroiled? Charbroiled, yeah, yeah, blackened and and with the seasoning. With the and seasoning and uh, well, that sounds good. Right, scallops with butter. You get about six of them, so it's always great. You think they might give me seven? Might you right. know? They might give yeah. me five. Too, they might give you five because you'll be in the kitchen taking one. That's right. Yeah, or two. <laughs> That's right. right. And you know, we always ask what what Nick does there. Yes, have you figured I, it out? I haven't figured it out, but I know what Pete does, and yeah. Pete Pete has just been going nuts because. He handles all the catering uh, for events outside the Costas as well. And uh, literally, the last 24 hours, 48 hours have been insane for him. Very little sleep, lots of cooking, and uh, it is the place to Uh, go. And I hear Nick's been sleeping like a baby. (laughs) At the end of the bar. (laughs) 4100 North Point Boulevard, the Costas Inn. You will not go wrong. Hey, portions of uh, every bat around... uh, edition right. of the show the batter round brought to you by our friends at glen burnie transmissions if GBT. you're having gbt if you're having transmission troubles let them take the troubles out of transmission troubles call gbt at 855-728-1841 Pizza Blitz, the favorite pizza place of offensive lineman Bradley Bozeman and his wife Nikki, invites you to try all of their Italian specialties. Pizza Blitz makes their entire menu with classic Italian family recipes. The dough and everything else is made fresh every day. Pizza Blitz, located in Quarry Lake, is the perfect family stop for great pizza as well as incredible wings, subs, and salads. You can even BYOB. Pizza Blitz is located at 2622 Quarry Lake Drive, just inside the Beltway. See the full menu at pizzablitzcorylake.com. PressBox's Project Game Day is back as we'll be with you to react immediately during and after every Baltimore football game this season. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime with various guests joining him the moment the game wraps up, including the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, PressBox's Ken Zalis, and Eric Arditi from Barstool Sports. PressBox's Project Game Day is made possible by great partners. Costa Sid, Wise Markets, Glen Burnie Transmissions, Glory Days Grill, and the U.S. Army. Like PressBox on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sports And watch Project Game Day there every game day this season. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special Press Box Best of 2019 issue presented by Maryland Sports Commission. On the cover, we recognize Lamar Jackson as Athlete of the Year, and Bill Ardeen honors the inspirational Mo Gabba as our Sports Person of the Year. Inside the issue, we celebrate the top people, performances, and moments of the year. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square offers a better way to tailgate with football and nuggets. You can now pick up a 30-count Chick-fil-A nugget in a football-shaped container, and if it would be helpful, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square can half-cook it, leaving you the opportunity to heat it the rest of the way just in time for your party. And now Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square offers their three cheese mac and cheese, cheddar, parmesan, and romano combined in this classic side, baked fresh in the restaurant. Download the Chick-fil-A app, place your order, and pile up Chick-fil-A bonus points good for free food. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, 5198 Campbell Boulevard. Call Steve if you'd like your party catered by Chick-fil-A. 410-931-0031. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values. Earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonus if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com slash bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. Well, we are back on this uh, Saturday morning uh, edition of the Bat Around and uh, Stan the Fan and Craig Heist. And uh, we thank you for tuning in. want to remind you, although the show is just about over, it's not too late if you've been watching uh, on Facebook Live to hit that like button and that share button. That really helps us. It really does. And I don't think it's too much to ask of uh, not, our listeners really, and no, viewers. You're going to ask nicely like you did? or yeah. you know, Come on, do it, will you? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, what are you waiting too. for? We thank Greg Bader, uh, Executive Vice President of uh, Senior Vice President of Administration and Experience with the Baltimore Orioles, Ex-Orioles pitcher Steve Johnson, Bill Latson, and uh, Mo Gabba. And if you missed that Steven Strasburg piece, that was pretty good. By the way, send that to me, too. Of course. Steven Strasburg Of course, piece. Dan. Craig Heist put together a piece from his press conference the other day. Uh, Craig, thanks for being here. Yep. Hope to see you next week, God willing. We'll see We you, hope uh, everybody has a great Christmas holiday. Glenn Clark in on Monday, mm-hmm. uh, the beginning of the week, um, and uh, he'll let you know when he's on again. Tomorrow at halftime of the Ravens game, Project Game Day, and then after the game, I think he's got a special guest, Ms. NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard. I was going to ask you, gonna Sarita going to be in tomorrow? I think she's going to be in. All right, because well, you, you, you know. No, no, no. We're just trying to get this bandwagon thing figured out. Yeah, she's you know? definitely a bandwagon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Seriously, have a great holiday, and we'll talk to you next Saturday. Bye.